Welcome to the Ask Philip podcast. Today, Philip talks about asset classes Philip likes in the economic environment, the power of compound interest, and why many investors never build wealth. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. And now... Here's Philip. I'm back with another episode of the Ask Philip podcast. And before I get into the main topic, what I want to make sure to cover and recap, and I've said it a couple of times on my podcast, there are basically three asset classes that I really like in this environment. And the environment is an environment where there's uh, slow global growth, meaning a, a depression for the majority of the economy, slow growth. Uh, or depression-like growth for a lot of places, uh, and lots of currency uh, debasement around the world. And that's the big picture macro theme of what's going on. And so when you're in that environment historically, the assets that have done well are commodity-like assets, so scarce assets. So think of Bitcoin, gold, also you know, uh, lithium, uranium, which, which are key uh, commodities for the future of electric vehicles, but also just regular energy, oil, natural gas, things like that are assets that I like and companies that are in those businesses. Also, stocks that are growing at a rate higher than the money printer rate, than the, the, the currency debasement rate, which my estimation over the next decade is going to be 10 to 15% a year. So I want to find companies that are growing their revenues and cash flow uh, at least at that rate. And then real estate. Rob and I did a great episode yesterday about real estate and the math around returns on real estate. But but there, there are plenty of places to invest in this type of an environment. You just want to be uh, very selective. And you always want to build a balanced portfolio because sizing up the macro situation, you can, you can be really right on long term, but in the short term, the market can go against you and diversification helps you weather the storm and make money in other asset classes when the big picture theme is not uh, working in the short term and have you stay in the portfolio. So I do want to make sure I reiterate that. I've been talking a lot about Bitcoin, a lot about real estate, had some folks say, is that the only thing you invest in? I'm like, no, I still own stocks, right? I still, uh, you know, I plan to buy more real estate. Um, So just wanted to point that out there. But today we are talking about the power of compound interest. And I think this is really important for a lot of people. And it's a concept that I tend to not explain enough because it's it's core to finance. And I, you know, I'm a finance manager in college. So since I was 18, I've been studying compound interest and how it works. And, it's, and, and I assume that everybody can use a financial calculator, which is which is not wise because very few people can. And, and I remember when I had to learn it in college through multiple, multiple times. So, but it's it is the core to money making and, and the giving. Like so, I was, I was talking with um, uh, a friend of mine and his his friend who uh, is plays in the NFL. We were watching some football on on a Saturday at my house, and they were talking about all these 
different things they can invest in to hit home runs and, and trying to, you know, new NFTs, just a bunch of fancy stuff that were what I call a lotto ticket. Now, let me clarify. I do think NFTs are uh, the future, but I'm not currently investing in any at the moment because it's a bubble market and there's no clear narratives or, or ways to handicap the NFTs. It's kind of like, for me, how I felt about Bitcoin four or five years ago, it wasn't apparent as a better monetary system than the current system uh, to me uh, yet. And it was not the clear winner because there were so many um, other ones. You know, it became clearer to me later because it still was, it was low risk because it was you know, better long term than, than a dollar, right? With a whole lot of upside because it's going to have the potential to suck up a lot of the uh, world government bonds, which is north of a hundred trillion. So um, I'm wait- so they were going that route, and I was like, "Hey, listen, you guys are looking for uh, fancy things when you can just let the power compound interest uh, get you rich and bet on things that have a higher probability of working out, and you can still make a lot of money." So I said, "Put this in the calculator," and so I had them. I say, "Assume that you." Uh, are able to earn 20% a year, right? And let me give you the math behind that number. You know, when they have obviously a very high risk tolerance because they were talking about investing in NFTs and, you know, they're like the ARK Innovation ETF, Bitcoin, other things that I expect over the next decade or so, decade to do 20% a year on average easily because they're looking at the past history and the volatility, and so I said, let's let's just you know, let's not even do a like a regular well diversified portfolio. Let's say you concentrated your bets in these, in Bitcoin and companies like Tesla, Amazon, Square, the, the ones that make up the Ark ETF. Let's say you you did that, and let's say you earned twenty percent a year for the next five, ten, fifteen, and twenty years. And let's say you put a thousand bucks a month into the portfolio, or twelve thousand dollars a year. Right, and I had them pull out a financial calculator, showed them where to go to the website, had them do it themselves so they can know how to do it. And in year five, with those assumptions, they only had eighty nine thousand dollars. Right, and in that year, they made something like the assumption is again, it's assuming that it does twenty percent every single year, which is not how it actually happens. But we we had it calculated assuming the average. But let's say in that year, it did twenty percent. Um, they would have made twenty four hundred dollars in interest, right? Not super something, not something that you'd be super excited about. But I was like, just wait, y'all. This is this how compound interest works. Let's say you know, to fast forward ten years, they're putting in twelve thousand a year, and now they have three hundred and eleven thousand dollars. And twenty percent in that year would have generated them um, something like uh, six hundred, or I'm not, I mean six thousand dollars. Okay, not. I mean, let me let me not. I'm saying the wrong number, $60,000. That makes me feel a little bit better. And then we go to 15, uh, year 15. And in year 15, they uh, would have something like $864,000. And in that year, uh, they earned 20%. Then they would have made, you know, something something close to $160,000 a year. And let me clarify I said I said in year five they made twenty four hundred interest. I meant I meant closer to eighteen hundred dollars of interest. But in year fifteen, at twenty percent, 
their interest in that year would have been something close to like 160,000. So that's, that's a, you know, that looks a lot better, right? So after 15 years, they've been putting away 12,000 a year. They got 864,000. They're not, they're not far from a million and the interest they would earn on the money in that year on $800,000 is about 160,000. So that's, that's a pretty good chunk of change. And then in year 20, they, in the, with the assumptions, would have something like $2.2 million, which means their interest in that year would roughly be uh, north of $400,000. Okay. So where I'm, where I'm going with the, and, and, and what I broke down was I was like, hey, listen, a lot of, especially with the football, with the NFL guy, I was like, listen, a lot of people look at you at the NFL and they look at the numbers that you're able to put up today, but they forget about the the hours and hours of years and over years of you putting in work, you know, since you were a kid to work on the basics to be where you are now at the comp. So, so when you do a move in the game today, it wasn't like, oh, you were just that much smarter in the game today. It was the compounding effects of all the hours you put in over the years and decades to get where you are now. And so the same thing works with investing. A lot of people look at people who are making a lot of money right now, but they forget compound interest or sticking with a good portfolio and plugging money into it, not chasing fads, not being scared out of bad markets, but building a good portfolio, managing it appropriately and adding money to it consistently over time. Exercising patience is how you make uh, a lot of money. Uh, in investing over time. And I said, you, and you really want to figure out how to level up your game. I was like, think about think about this. We're only assuming that you put away uh, $12,000 a year. How about we figure out how you could put away more money? Like what if you put away five times that, right? What if you put away 5,000 a month or 60 grand a year? That number turns, changes from $2 million in 20 years to $10 million in 20 years, right? And so the goal becomes... You know, I don't need to shoot for the moon uh, in my investments and, and try to buy lotto tickets. I need to find a good compounding portfolio and figure out how to increase the amount of money that I put into it, whether it be making more money, cutting my budget, and or figuring out a way to <laughs> really, if you really convicted, borrow cheap money, uh, borrow cheap money that you can pay that you can uh, pay the note on and invest in that money, which is what you do in real estate. Uh, and let that compound and grow over time. And so that um, that third one is a high level thing that you want to make sure you do responsibly. But the goal becomes, how do I invest more money every single year so I can put compound interest uh, in my favor? Warren Buffett, one of the best investors of all time, said the eighth wonder of the world is compound interest. So uh, power of compounding is really the power of patience, which very few investors have, which is why very few people uh, have wealth. And the opposite is also uh, true. If you're on the opposite end of interest where you're paying interest, it compounds against you and puts you into a debt trap. So you want to be on the right side of earning interest versus paying interest net-net. Um, and the power of compound interest is how you do it. So I'm going to be covering this more and more throughout the, uh, throughout the next few months because I think it's an underappreciated uh, concept. Until tomorrow, y'all enjoy your day. 
If you are interested in having a review of your portfolio or to see how far on track you are with your retirement goals, Philip offers complimentary consults through his company, Stonehill Wealth Management. For more information, log on to StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. That's StonehillWealthManagement.com forward slash talk. Philip Washington Jr. is a registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.